Hello. Hello. What is up? And welcome to Cliffhangers. Yes, we are your friendly neighborhood lovers of all things drag with the unofficial, unrequested, and unhinged Drag Race podcast. Thank you, thank you. And now, please allow me to introduce to the stage the stain you just can't budge. It's Barney. Oh, and that's right. Also in the studio today, we have, she's a medical marvel. She's the inoperable tumour. She's... <laughs> it is Lukey. Well, hello there. Give it up for the girl. <laughs> uh, we just want to say a mighty, mighty quick disclaimer about the Jada Essence Hall of uh, Cliffhangers. Uh, listen, we are super fans of drag in all of its forms, and we are here to uplift queer art. That's all we give a shit about. So taking a leaf out of our heroes and our mothers, the Boulay Brothers book, nobody gets to critique what your fantasy is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, our number one rule is basically the only people that should be getting laughed at is us. Yeah. Any bitch doing drag is already a star and nothing we say is going to change or discredit that. Before we get going, can I just say... Please. Uh, I think it's because with this season, it's the first time, like, whether it's in, we've seen them in real life or we've just like, been aware of them on Instagram, like, this is the most amount of girls I've been aware of going in. And it just made it... I think it's, like, the most exciting episode one I've ever seen. I was literally just, like, smiling the whole time. Oh. So excited. It's just so cute. Maybe even the best first episode ever. I literally... I can't tell you, like... So, so just to give you some background knowledge... Oh, already going in with all the secrets. <laughs> um, we actually watched it completely separately and haven't spoken about it until then because we wanted it all to be so fresh and so clean for you. So I actually don't know how she feels about any of this first episode, so I'm as excited as you. I are. may be dropping some bombs. <laughs> <laughs> and probably too many sound effects. Please, please. So I, I actually just want to really fucking echo that as well, because I was, I was literally screaming. Mm. I cannot believe. Now, let's give it up to the first season girls, because they were giving you nothing... <sighs> nothing but quality tv absolutely but i feel like obviously season one season one season <laughs> one uh warts so season two could sprint stride yeah Strut. um and them season one girls they were giving it hard but this season two is like in another league like everything An about upper it echelon. Uh, upper echelon <laughs> like literally everything about it just like blowing my tiny mind mm. as soon as it started um, and yeah, I was literally screaming as well. I love at this point as well, like the, the really the really gorgeous thing about the beginning, I think is like everyone is so excited to be there and the competition hasn't reached that sort of like tearing each other's like eyes out at this mm. point. So like when they first get there, there's that like really, really like gorgeous sense of sisterhood where everyone's just like, I'm so pumped to be here and everyone's just like so excited. And I think that's why watching it, I was literally just like hyperventilating, being like, <laughs> here and they're ready to compete. <laughs> well, yeah, because normally, with me anyway, it takes about, like, two or three episodes because there's, like, just so many strangers at the beginning. Like, you might yeah, know a couple, yeah, yeah. but it's just a bit like a whirlwind. You don't really know who's who, but because in this, like, immediately, we just we just knew everyone, so it was just straight away in with the lols. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about America, uh, about Britain compared to America, is that because you're on, like, cycle 79 of American, I think at this point, like, it's become... It's so serious. The American one, like, our British, like, sensibilities, I just think, like, chill us out a bit more. Everyone goes there to have jokes. And you can tell by the way that they enter 
and the personalities that are like presented, the sort of people that they pick is so much more lighthearted. Like mm. the American one feels so much more akin to like um, America's Next Top Model or something. But even like Rue's attitude, like I've noticed it last season, and even in this, I was just like, they're having way more fun. Rue's creasing. <laughs> it's like, have they? Is it because she finds our accents funny, or just like she can't get the correct meds in the UK? Like, there's something going on. She's having a fucking hoot. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, hundred, hundred and ten percent. Can I also just point out as well that this is the first season ever as we just head into the workroom, to include our Scottish and Welsh queens. Indeed. So that is, that's a, that's a turn up for the books. And I really think that their inclusion of these queens is, it's going to, it's going to really ruffle some feathers because they seem like very strong competitors. Would you say the fact that there's no Irish representation reflects on Blue Hydrangea? Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Blue. <laughs> so without further ado, Let's head into the workroom. First up, we have Lawrence Genie. He, he there, she there, call themselves the fat bastard of drag <laughs> and say that they can't sing on they can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, what can you do, Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone just uh, tuning in now, that was supposed to be a Scottish accent. It's uh, <laughs> better than RuPaul's. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I straight away, like, what a banger to open with. Straight away, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fully sold on this bitch. I love anyone that is, anyone that self-deprecates from the jump. I'm like, okay, you are, like, if you're going to laugh at people, much like this podcast, if you're going to laugh at people, like, you sure as hell need to be able to laugh at yourself. And that's what that's what she was serving from the very moment she walked in. I really liked her entrance line. I'm like the Loch Ness Monster. A legend! <laughs> very good, very good. I really had to I really had to grow up as well because uh, literally on just my notes for like every single person walked in, it's just like gorgeous. Literally, I was gorgeous. Just like, <laughs> I need a thesaurus because all I'm writing here is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think that was my first thought though. Like, what a fucking gorgeous face. Like... Absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, you don't often see the little kind of tip of the nose dimple as yep, a feature. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I say that she was the Susan Bond. What I love about UK Drag Race as well is like, we don't give a fuck because like, so many references that like, they're just gonna be like, like who? I'm not sure if American people know who Susan Boyle is, but if you don't know, you better get to know because when she became a multimillionaire, what did she do? She stayed in a lovely two up, two down on like <laughs> Penton Street. And she refused to move. She was like, no, I just, is she Scottish? I mean, I imagine if he says he's the Susan Boyle of drag. Yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so very obsessed with him. I saw um, on their Instagram, they said the look is inspired by Versace and Lady Gaga. Versace. Which I can see from the print. Yeah, um, I really liked the, I love it when like the boot goes into the trouser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, into that, into the uh, colour combos. Wondering if purple is a theme, as that's what um, Lawrence wore in the Meet the Queens. True, true, inclusive true. Inclusive flag, but maybe that's just a quinky dinky. Um, and one thing to say as well, that um, I applaud and love and celebrate when um, we have a larger queen with, la with a larger physique as well. Like I would imagine it's harder to create um, the hourglass proportion without just building out. Mm. And she, the shape and the padding on her, sublime. Well, we can get, we'll get into that in the... Um... Oh, I bet we will. <laughs> so we'll give her a little... Oh. What do they call it? Proportionising. Proportionising, yes, she thank you, thank you. Proportionising! Um, and also a lovely blue brow as well. Oh, did for you the oh, natural look, Did yes. you notice the blue brow? I yeah, did fantastic. notice the natural look. Um, and then second in, we have 
It is our girl, it is Cherry Valentine. Uh, she, on Meet the Queens, described herself as a glamour club kid, dark and gothic fantasy. And when that fucking headpiece fell off, they, I screamed. They did her so dirty. <laughs> like, that was very pheromone falling in the, in the, in the uh, talent competition. But I liked it. I think it kind of, it shows... It humbled her. Yeah, exactly. And it showed her sense of humour and it showed that she's not... Like, I think Cherry is one of the, Cherry and Bimini, I think, come across so well. I just think they just come across as, as like, the nicest people ever. A hundred percent. That's what I was going to say. They did her dirty on the BBC by, by airing that. But I thought that, actually, like, in terms of just, like, what, a, what an all-round babe she appears, it probably did her more good than harm, to be honest, because I think, like, mm. it just, like, <laughs> that laugh... I am I going to set my phone alarm to that <laughs> laugh? Like that is a piercing, gorgeous laugh. <laughs> well, my friend, that is Alan Cummings sitting there in the confessional. Maybe he's popped That's a couple of pills or two. Those <laughs> eyes are very dark. <laughs> yeah, that is one. That was my first thought. That was the first thing I wrote down. I was like, um, your gay icon better be Alan <laughs> yeah. Cumming because you are. If twenty years ago you were Alan Cumming, um, I just my first note actually for Cherry Valentine was. Absolutely obsessed. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, absolutely gorgeous. Love a dark queen. Face beat, raven cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, as well, the, the confessional look, like, very, very that. That's very, like, northern boys waiting outside of the club. Yeah. The gay northern boys, you know. Well, very you need a puffer because it's chilly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that accent as well. Yeah, 100%. And also, for a tiny girl, the padding. Oh! Is, is so right. Like, Physically fit. Physically oh, fit. hundred percent. Like, quite, I'm, I'm personally, as you, as you full well know, I'm actually not a padding queen. Like, I like a, I like an ironing board straight, straight down kind of, kind of boy. Um, Disgusting! <laughs> um, but when they hit that padding right, as have both Lawrence Shoney and Cherry Valentine mm, at this point. Two like, for two. Whoever is carving those hip pads out of a sofa, like, that is, whoever's doing that is, is bang on. Mm. And I just thought her padding was gorgeous. And that nude lip, please. Get out of town. Yeah, and she made all of that herself. Obsessed. Like, I love anything that's even a little bit, like, ooh, a little bit dark. So just having, like, jeweled, like, slashes of blood. Yeah, just absolutely sick. Yeah. Thought it was funny, like, Lawrence coming straight in with cussing out her teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she woke up and chose violence. Like, speaking, uh, that was, like, the first thing that she said. Just like, ooh. Don't have good teeth in Darlington. And, but again, reflected so well on both of them because Cherry just like roared with laughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then next into the room, we have Ms. Tia Coffee. The question remains. T <laughs> Are you a tea or coffee girl? Tea. Uh, he says as we sip, <laughs> as we sip a, a lovely semi-sparkling white wine. So our girl Tia, she says she's all singing, all dancing. So the opposite of Lorenzo. Um, she's old school means new school. She's got the Dave Lynn link, very end of the pier. First, my first thing that I wrote down was height. <laughs> I damn, didn't, damn, damn. I didn't notice it until she was in the Nottinghamshire well, look. How did you not notice it? She's like 98% leg. I don't know, maybe just because she was just on her own. Like, <laughs> no sort of frame of reference. Yeah. She wasn't standing <laughs> next to a really tall tree, so it's really hard to. I quite liked the reveal joke. Just like that, the kind of neutness of it. Like, what did she say? She was like, reveal. Oh, it's not a reveal. I thought mm. that kind of got me at first, but. So my thing is with the entrance line is that either you come in with like an absolute banger 
Oh, it's just best. Just like come in. If you're a look queen, I'm not saying she's a look queen. I don't think anyone would. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But if like, I think sometimes like if you haven't got an absolute banger of a line, just like come in and... I yeah, like, like you don't have to. I feel like a line that doesn't zing, like really, it d- it goes down like a sack of shit. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was a bit like that with the reveal because the the sort of play on reveal has been done so many times. You know, mm-hmm. like need I remind you that in Aquarius season, like every single queen had some gag about that they were going to do a reveal. And oh, then well, just the joke of them all at the fucking final, looking like a microwave. <laughs> yeah, party. looking like jacket potatoes. <laughs> Um, I, based on the entrance look alone, basically just the, um, off the rack leopard print, I wrote, leopard print, I wrote a thin vinegar strokes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I, when she said about Kofi Annan, that crapped me up. I was like, okay, she's going to be, she's going to be giving us the comedy, but also she's clearly an intelligent girl as well. She seems very pointed about East London. Oh, okay. We need to address, listen, you're saying. We're currently in East London. <laughs> yeah. If you couldn't hear, that was the overground that just went past from Haggerston Station going to Dawson Junction Station. Um, we are born and bred London, <laughs> East London Queens. And I'm, a, I'm a recent arrival, but still. I wasn't even really, I, I wasn't even actually aware. We are both people. We have worked quite solidly in Clapham for a long time. And um, we weren't personally aware of this beef between specifically one place, Clapham, and East London. And listen, if there's one thing about the East London girls that I can tell you, we know how to fight. We know how to ask someone to hold our earrings. Yeah. So. <laughs> I feel like maybe we're being a bit um, oversensitive because we are, our surroundings <laughs> are the East London queens. I felt pressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I felt like a panini. I, uh, when she, but I just didn't even know that this was a thing, that it was like Clapham versus East London. Because it's like, that's a, it's actually a very small very small Clapham drag scene to be taken on the whole East London scene. It's very unnecessary. Very unaware of this beef. Keeping an eye on it. Keeping, <laughs> keeping a broken bottle in my back pocket. Yeah. I, I wasn't here for the beef, but here we are. And she says she's a performer queen, so I'll be interested to see when we have uh, song and dance challenges. Song and dance challenges. <laughs> like dance and challenges. Um, and see what she brings to the stage. Uh, <laughs> and now, next to the stage, we have... Bimini Bomboolash. Bimini Bomboolash. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know she had a surname. I remember, like, lo- like back back in the day when we fir- first... <laughs> back in the day <laughs> when we first started Truffle Pigs. I remember that at some point on Insta, she did that, that she did have her full name. And then, mm. obviously, when you become an icon legend star, such as Jesus Cher, you just you go by Luke one King. name. Luke yep. King, Barbie, <laughs> you know. Listen, if there's one thing that you're going to win me round by, it's like, oh, you're giving me... You're giving me the look, but then you open your mouth and you have that that accent and voice. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe it, because I've never heard her speak before and I've just been a very long time fan, fan of the art, fan of the visuals, but <laughs> never, never, never heard the mouth on it. And honestly, I don't know, I think in my mind, just because she's so akin with like Pamela Anderson, I just, I don't know, I never even considered a voice, but it certainly wasn't that. But never that just makes it voice. even better. It's like a lovely, a lovely mute angel. She's aerial. Yeah, truly. And when, like, let's just break down the look, because first of all, did you, 
did you or did you not clock that jeweled minge that she had? Yes, like the vagina jewels, I wrote. <laughs> ah, of course <laughs> you did. And that gorgeous wig. I believe, I, I may need to fact check this, but I believe that all of Bimini's wigs are done by weekday. That is correct. I have previously fact checked this also. Yeah, yeah. And that wig was mm. absolutely gorgeous. Um, I've written, comes in looking like some kind of She-Ra warrior, warrior sex goddess. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, then yeah. I saw her just like, she is banging He-Man. Most importantly, let's talk about the confession look. <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when it flipped to her in that like in that coat and hat, I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Is it am I, is it giving bag of chips the reckoning slightly? Oh, okay, <laughs> slightly. maybe. <laughs> uh, did I make that up? Is she wearing a yellow fur jacket and so is bag of chips? I uh, can't remember. What she wasn't wearing though is chicken feathers. Shout out to Joey J. <laughs> Um, I saw on her Instagram that she said the look was inspired by Brooke Candy, and literally as soon as I read that, it was like, uh, the, doi. the yeah. entrance look. Yeah, of, yeah course. of course. Of course. Gorgeous. Shout out to BC. Okay, so the next person that we have in is Ginny Lemon. Fancy a slice! Now, can I be really honest with you? When I first saw the photos, I wasn't sure that uh, I wasn't sure that uh, Guinea was gonna be for me. Guinea fowl. Yeah. <laughs> Guinea was gonna be for me. Like I, although right, let's first of all and for first and foremost point out what what sort of drag do you love, Luki? Um, I like pretty girls, itty bitty girls. No, um, I just that hot people being good at shit, basically. Hundred <laughs> percent for me. <laughs> My number one thing in drag, I don't give a fuck literally about anything else. Sure, I love the glamour, I love the fashions, but all I care about is can you host? Can you entertain a room? Can you keep the crowd laughing, entertained? I've seen and know plenty of queens that are absolutely gorgeous and can turn a look, beautiful makeup, but that is only sort of like 11% of the job for me. I'm mm. really hitting it with the percentages, have you noticed today? A lot of percentages. I'd like uh, to hear some decimals and some fractions. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really um, that's a really small part of the job for me mm. because in especially in London, like that's gorgeous, but go be part of fashion week. Go be part of photo shoots. But like if I'm going to see drag, then I'm going to see a show. Mm. So I need you to be able to perform. So for me, like the performance is like the number one thing. Um, definitely at the expense of the look. But I wasn't sure, if I'm honest, I wasn't sure how much Ginny was going to be for me. She wow. won me round in about <laughs> six seconds. Um, straight away, I was <clears> like, <throat> yes, 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 this is, this is for me. Well, she says she's the hairiest woman in drag and that her style is improvisational comedy, down to our work, down to arse. Just some down to arse working class <laughs> humour. I'm down to arse. So, yeah, that's. Yeah, I was the same. Like, I've seen pictures of her and the look isn't necessarily for me. But, like, if she's going for that whole wacky, like, TV percent of things, she's doing the lemon thing. Like, yeah, like, that's what you look like. Congratulations. Everyone that we've spoken to who's met her or watched her has been, like, obsessed with her. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing to seeing it because I have seen thing. it. This <laughs> is the thing. All of our mates, anyone that we've worked with, like, knows her. And there's there's one other person that we'll get to, but Ginny Lemon is someone that literally every person I know that has worked with her knows her is like, she is the greatest. Mm. She's one of them queens that just who's like her her personality and her um, 
what's the word? Her joie de vie. Her joie de vie. Effervescence. <laughs> she, it just supersedes her. Like, everyone is like, oh, like, she is that bitch. Mm. So um, I'm super excited to see what she brings to the show. My first note is jelly shoe. They were old maiden type of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, that, it, it, but again, I this is what I love about UK Drag Race. I love that. Uh, our, we, we all have like different sort of like iterations of what drag is across the world and like you can see that so much with Thailand like Thai drag is so different oh so gorgeous so gorgeous beautiful and, like, gowns beautiful gowns beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns. Uh, and in America you obviously have like the pageant circuit is like such a huge thing that just it, it, it doesn't uh, exist here mm. and our sort of um, our history of drag and our narrative is like so different and when people say for anyone tuning in uh, that's across across the world uh, when people talk about like end of the pier drag is because like historically one of the locations that we'd have drag queens um, is in like seaside venues and they would be like present for doing like bingo and things like that uh, and again that was not going back to what I said earlier that not at all about the look sure they were like they were big wig drag queens like huge teased hard front drag queens and if you need a hard front please go to travel big wigs <laughs> Um, but it was always, again, about this, like, dark comedy, very blue. Ooh, a bit blue. Um, they haven't tried to fit the mould mm. of, like, trying to squeeze UK drag into the American mould. It's like, nah. In the UK, this is what drag looks like. It's crunchy. If you, can, if you look at, like, East London drag, sure, their balls are hanging out. No one's shaved. Like, that's what drag is about for us. Like, we're not... A lot of the a, a lot of the people that are involved in drag are uh, interested in like gender vendor drag. Like it's not, they're not trying to come for you for the beauty for the page. I just want to put on a goddamn show. Yeah, exactly. I just want to throw in a couple of lucite pleasers and, <laughs> and have a mad one. Make my heels clack. Yeah. Thank you very much. Anyway, next up we have is Ms. Ellie Diamond. Ah, she says she has given us fierce looks, amazing performance, and a fart or two, but. Oh, you saw what happened to fucking Rockham Sakura. Yeah. Laugh at women all you like, but do not laugh at a fart joke. <laughs> Michelle Visage will not laugh at a <laughs> fart joke. Absolutely. It's like, why don't you all pretend that you have vaginas and mock them for the past <laughs> 15 series? But if you ever talk about a fart, then we're going to have to bring it up on the main stage and mock you for it. Yeah, literally. Of course, Shangela, come in in a fat suit. Of course, ladies, come in as old women with droopy tits, but... If you bring up a bodily function, I swear to God. Yeah. Gabagool! <laughs> <laughs> um, I also just need to point out at this very early stage that Ellie, I would I would die for Ellie Diamond's face. I honestly can't. She does all her own hair and uh, costumes. And yeah. mushrooms. <laughs> she probably does a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> um, and she's doing it for the baby queens. And the fact that she is a baby queen, her and Cherry as well, it's just like absolutely ridiculous i've been doing my own makeup for 89 years now and i can't make myself look that cute absolutely i just wrote the beat is sensational angelic sensational. and then i wrote strawberry shortcake cutie pie dream angel <laughs> <laughs> i mean you heard it here first one thing to win me round straight away is just like humility she seems so humble as well like, mm. for someone that has such a gorgeous angel face she was just i love when queens come in and they're excited to be there mm. like it's just that that for me is like that's something that's like really soaks through the tv and mm. you're like okay i'm happy you're here you're happy you're here <laughs> we're all happy but speaking of faces you see lawrence's face when she walked in 
like one wig stylist and they're super excited to see the wig wardrobe that they've created together because then the greatest thing about Drag Race is it's like giving you a platform to celebrate like queer, um, queer art for designers, for wig stylists, all of that. So I love seeing, so I'm excited to see if uh, Sister Sister has worked with Florencia for the whole thing. Um, so uh, as I believe, maybe can, this can be fact-checked, is Florencia, Florencia is like a West End wig, isn't she? Well, yeah, because she's currently, she's like the main <gasps> wig maker on that thing with oh, like Monet thing. and Courtney yeah, 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 and stuff, yeah. And that, and the West End wiggies, are, we, we follow a couple of them, but the West End wiggies, listen, they technically, they be, give, they be giving it to you. They know their shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that... that we are mere acquaintances with our shit. <laughs> <laughs> we have viewed our shit. Um, we absolutely are obsessed as well with that navy. That mm, navy wig colour. So rich and gorgeous. Oh, so gorgeous. And just I just really thought... Um, she really just from the entrance from everything just laid herself as someone that's like like you said, authentic. Like, she's given you, like, same with Bimini. She's got a very clear identity of, like, what she sees her drag as, and I was just very into it. And I think she's her face is absolutely beautiful as well. She gives me slightly, uh, definitely younger, but slightly... Um, sorry, did that sound like... <laughs> she uh, gives me slightly crystal vibes. There's something she's got... They've both got... Which crystal? Crystal. UK season one. Uh, she gives you really. She's. They've both got a very strong jaw and very very straight white teeth. And she gives me a bit crystal. Maybe you'll see it next next episode. Maybe I will. Um, TBD. Yeah. Okay. And now, it's taste. She describes herself as modelesque, villainous, dark, punky, and edgy. I was literally sat on the tippy tip of my sofa, just going. <laughs> Like a fucking seal at Sea World. <laughs> if you couldn't sense how chilling that noise was to witness <laughs> in the studio, I feel very uncomfortable with the energy we've created in the studio today. Uh, that noise was truly chilling. I just need to go on record now and say I would give up a non-essential organ just for taste to stand on my throat. When she came wow, in... Wow, I'd give up an essential one, Barney. Oh. That's how much I care. <laughs> <laughs> when she came in, like, l l let's be real. We are long-time lovers, supporters, and stands of our girl taste. Taste the rainbow. I would say that, for me, that she was one of the most, like, exciting things about the announcement. Like, for when sure. we found out that taste was on it, like... If you don't live under a moist rock in London, then you have seen Taste. She has blown your mind. You've cried front row at one of her shows. Like, a meteoric rise to stardom. Like, the face. Even if you look at the face from a year ago, like, she has always been the most gorgeous creature on this planet. But just there is something, I would say, in the past year to... Well, maybe not year, maybe like 18 months, two years. Mm. Just that, the face has been taken up a notch. And now it is like, every time she comes on the screen... I melt into a puddle of jism. Mm. It's like it's kind of always like unfair that she should be in a competition with mortals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. We are all truly just existing and tasting <laughs> her. Like and those fucking shoulders made her just look like a Thumbelina, teeny tiny doll. She. If you thought you had main character energy, <laughs> taste came in. Like. Remember that we are merely just ensemble and she is there. Yeah. Um, so, and then the thing that cracks me up, much like Bimini, is like you look at her and you're like, oh, wow, a a supermodel. And then she opens her mouth and she's like, ah, 
I, I was just about Poppity to ping. <laughs> Papa. Eh, uh, like she just the voice that comes out of her. Suddenly like, we're gonna go into the Vivian and then hey Yeah, I realised that I was like, can I do a Welsh accent? Probably not. Oh, yeah. that's lovely, isn't it? Oh, that's lovely, yeah. She's <laughs> just like she's got um just the softest, sweetest voice. If you haven't noticed, we are all masturbating in the studio as we talk about taste, <laughs> just because we are uh, obsessed with her. And someone that gorgeous shouldn't also just be that cute, like that no. sweet. And and she, as I mentioned before with Ginny Lemon, like I, you scour the lands of London, scour them. I mean, maybe don't go to Clapham because apparently there's a big <laughs> one, but scour the lands of London and please try and find me one person that has a single bad word to say about taste. Every single every single queen ev- that we've ever been involved with is like, taste is the sweetest angel on this earth. Um, I believe she's AP hair. I believe she, I mean, obviously... It's, it's a human hair bundle. She's given you sort of, I would say, f- 42 to 46 inch of uh, Remy Virgin human hair. That's my Well, my there guess. we go. Um, just absolutely gorgeous. And then next into the studio was, it was Ms. Joe Black. Ms. Joe Black, the cabaret queen of Brighton. Uh, what I love about Joe Black is you cannot fuck with that sense of grandiose. Well, because, yeah, she never used to be full drag. It used to be very kind of like gender fuck. Very kind of like a man in a lovely face of makeup. But, yeah, I guess that was a very long time ago, so she's kind of developed now. But, honestly, you can't tell her nothing about that face. She looks like fucking sexy Zoltar out of big, just like gorgeous, like vintage For anyone that's not a Disney gay, you might not understand that reference. You don't know what a Disney gay doesn't know what big is. What? Big, the Tom Hanks film where he wishes. <laughs> I thought you meant up. <laughs> uh, sure. Sorry, that's how much of a not of a Disney gay I am. But I also <laughs> would argue that maybe Big's a Disney film. Excuse me. It's but not. I wouldn't know because I'm not Disney gay. So. But yeah, she just looks like literal like a kind of like illustration from the 30s of like a yeah. fortune teller. She's like, giving you oh. the most gorgeous sort of like. She's giving you like Barnum Circus slash Erte slash like she just there's her references are so damn on point. Like she has such a clear narrative and trajectory of like what her what her drag looks like. And anything that is involved in this competition is going to be put into what the identity of her drag is. But it's not going to it's not going to change what her drag looks like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's just like a chrysalis that will not budge. (laughs) Sure. A chrysalis (laughs) that will not budge. Um, Yeah, but very into Joe Black. Now, Ms. Veronica Green. Now, I know you're going to have things to say about Ms. Veronica Green because when she walks in and serves you 80s prom princess that she made in her bedroom, I know you're going to have things to say, Lukey. Hit it. The first thing I have to say is that in her confessional look, it made me think of Cracker in her original season, and which immediately makes me oh, warm oh. to her as a person. Because as Barney knows, I can get deeply obsessed with the Queen sometimes. I deeply. thought I was in love with Jinx in her season. Yeah. Uh, in Shay's original season, I felt like we are soulmates and no one can take that away from <laughs> us. <laughs> can I just, sorry, can I just please slip in here? With yes. When we were in New York and we uh, we went to see Cracker, this was deep in her juicy, juicy obsession with Miss Cracker and um, when she was on her season. And this was before Aquaria had won. I'm sorry, spoiler. Aquaria <laughs> spoiler <season>. alert! <laughs> um, this, uh, we went to see Miss Cracker, um, at, was it Industry Bar in New York? Yeah, in Hell's Kitchen. And she, uh, so this was like mid her season and Lukey, 
even though everyone was sat down watching the show, Luki was like on her knees in front of the stage, like crying the whole time that Cracker was performing, just sobbing, just getting photos, just like it was on a, it was chilling. chilling we got there so early, so we didn't want to miss it, and it was like happy hour. We were just drinking what were we doing, like mojitos or some yeah. something. Something with like booze in it. Fifty cocktails later, I'm literally there. Like, not even sobbing, just, like, continual rivers of tears coming down my eyes. So, yeah, so there was the cracker obsession. More recently, I've now started having dreams where I'm fancying got mick. So, it's like, I'm deeply affected by this. So, basically, to get to the point, I have an immediate soft spot for Veronica Green in from the confessional, because I just think you... So, hide your kids, hide your wife, because <laughs> she's going to be trying to fuck Veronica No, Green. it's not sexual. It's just... Because it, it wasn't sexual with cracker. It wasn't not sexual, though. It wasn't sexual. <laughs> she gives me very, very much horny theatre kid, um, Veronica Green. That when it flipped, where she was like, I go from Gollum to yeah. Corvus, I was like, well, damn bitch. You the, there is no lies yeah. told here today. <laughs> she, uh, but I just feel like she's the one, well, actually, Lawrence as well. I worry about their mental health because okay. everyone else seems very confident, but she's kind of seems like, from her confessionals, like, as if she's, like, the way she talks about everyone's kind of like, she's a fan in a room of drag queens where everyone else is kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. She's just kind of like, oh, my God, like, I, like she seems yeah, very much yeah, 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 very sure. green. She's just, yeah. Veronica Green. <gasps> Speaking of confidence, next up <laughs> into the room is Astina Mandela. She says she's the body queen. No tucking, no shaving, and no flaws that she can think of. Rude. I screamed at that. One ah! entrance line. Rude. Um, can I just say as well, when they first did the close-up of the face, like, I have been uh, very lucky enough to have seen that face very, very close up. And she is absolutely gorgeous. She's really one of them queens as well that, like, this is very, it's, it blows the tiny mind. Like, she is, I don't really think there's that much transformation between her as a boy and her, her as a girl. No, she's, like, she's barely got, like, a, a lick of eyeliner and a... She's just gorgeous boy, gorgeous girl. Um, and, yeah, just, like, when they did that first close-up, I was like, damn, bitch. You, was you her entrance outfit inspired by Azealia Banks' video? I, not that I know, but... I feel like I can see her in that weird maxi waistcoat that just is a little bit too office wear I think for a lot me. Of her, I think a lot of her outfits are inspired by, like, uh, like stage cost, like stage costumes of, of, like, black performers. Yeah. I think, as opposed to, like... She's not really hitting you with, like, the, the padge drag, which... No. I, it's, just, it's just, again, like... UK Drag Race. Real hair, real boobs. (laughs) Showing you a real, uh, showing you like a just completely different side of drag. Like she's Mm -hmm. not interested in looking. She wants to look like uh, uh, an artist. Yeah, like an artist on stage. Well, obviously because she's worked with loads. She wants to look like an artist on stage. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to look like. um, Pig in a wig. <laughs> wow, that, the tone seems very pointed. That seems really like a personal attack. But yeah, I just wrote very cute, very confident. Very confident. Very confident. Listen, know that you're a star and let the whole world catch up. That's my the, that's my tea. What I felt for her is like this like tenacious energy that she's like, I'm here, I'm here to win. Mm. I know that energy. I get where she's coming from. That she's just like, it's I'm not here to. She, she ain't here to make friends. She ain't, like, she's got enough friends. I'm here to make friends. She's like, I'm here to kill it. Yeah. Um, and also, that nude lip. Are you mad? 
the nude lip. Fantastic. You're obsessed with a nude lip. I really am. And I, I didn't think I was, but I just felt like it kept on hitting me so hard in the gut so often in, in these entrances. I was like, damn, a nude lip. That's mm. really it, isn't it? Um, and she also, and also like, how did you feel about the look? Because I felt like it was giving me sort of like severe pilgrim, like... She, Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. I thought like, she was just like, like robe fantasy. What can I wear to to the office, which will then translate into the office party this evening? The amount of the times maxi they said, waistcoat. <laughs> the amount of times they said infinite Arsenal as well. I was like, is no one going to pick up on this joke? But sure, whatever. The confidence was on ten. The look was there. Well, she says, yeah, like you said, like she's not, she's not ever going to come in like a stage cost, like a. Uh, showstopper razzle dazzle costume she's she's a real girl and that's that's what we need to judge her from not that we're judging her but that's what we need to talk about her from (laughs) next in we have a horror she's Ah! shady she's a lady and she's an absolute pig so obviously (laughs) we are on side (laughs) okay now we don't play favourites here at cliffhangers but if you're from East London we probably like you the most <laughs> oh horror. Oh my god. First of all, that stomp heard around the world. <laughs> like never she I'm glad she said she was a pig because that she really fucking stomped in there, didn't she? And um, I saw on her Insta that the reason she did Dorothy is because this is her embarking on a new exciting journey on her own. So that's why she's just as Dorothy. And I also saw on Insta that apparently, like, her whole, like, childhood house, like, her whole family house, they've got all of this, like, Wizard of Oz memorabilia. Like, it's, like, a family of, like, obsession. Like, oh, all this amazing stuff. So that's, like, a real sort of, like, her beginning. Yeah, um, that's cute. And it was absolutely stunning. Like, the, the, the wig execution of it. The was wig chapel, oh. delicious, gorgeous. The fucking boots. I remember I used to have some, like, ruby slippers. Well, like, little... Never from a... Uh, I believe Shelley's just a oh, love Shelley. Shout a out modest two point five inch heel in a lovely sparkly thing. I don't thing. believe you refer to that as a heel. <laughs> but um, to have fucking thigh high, I believe my note was rubies up to your pubes. Oh, um, fantastic! <laughs> you heard it here first. You get that on some merch or <laughs> But yeah, absolutely stunning. I loved the shirt as well. Yeah. Well, that was real sick. And I believe as well, her and her mum, she is, the thing I love about Ahura is, again, like with Ellie Diamond, but in like a completely different direction, Ahura is a fashion designer. So like her, her entire sort of uh, beginnings are in fashion, it was in construction. She obviously knows her way around a silhouette. Like the thing I loved about it was such a smart take on Dorothy because obviously Dorothy, like that's a period look. That's giving you... That's giving you fun on the farm, gingham. But she was like <laughs> milkmaid yeah. boringness. But the the uh, I imagine as well from we uh, have have worked with Ahura and she is um, she's she has a very clear vision of what she wants. Mm. And I imagine with that wig chapel, like that was again that wasn't she could have just gone with like a cute vintage look, but it wasn't like it was almost referencing like a more sixties silhouette, and it was just it was just fucked everything about it was fucking gorgeous, and it felt so mm. current. And when she forgot her little doggy. Uh, What's it called? Toto. Got her doggy. Yeah, she like threw it in the air. Then she's like, "Oh shit, my dog!" And she had to go back oh, and get oh, him. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. And Obsessed with her confessionals as well. Just think oh she God, comes across so cute. Yeah, just such a sweet angel. And I just think that like she's someone that from the first episode, she's someone that seems to me like she can tread well the path of. She be giving it to you. Let's be real. Like she's obviously going to come at you with the honesty. Like she's giving you some. She be giving <laughs> to you. She be giving you some real, real opinions. But also, like you can tell that the, the heart's there. Yeah, like, for sure. Straight away, you just I heart just, with a heart. Start with an heart. Um, 
And yeah, I was just very, very into the girls. And to be honest, you heard it here first. None of the girls are doing it like a whore. That's what I said. And then again, just to solidify my suspicions in, I'm going to say it's the production team (sighs) making Tia have a bitch edit rather than her being a bitch. But just again, just come in with the ag. Like they're really trying to cement her as just like, that she hates East London and everyone from East London. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I've never met a horror, but I've, you know, from what I've heard, like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. It's like, so you've never met her, but you're all ready, you're ready to like call her out and say she's nasty. Wow. And also, I believe that I believe your name is being mentioned in rooms that you haven't even entered yet. Wow, that's that's something, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's the sign of a star, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, I did. I you can tell that that that's maybe a narrative that they're going to be pushing for sure this sort of Clapham versus East London, but, but unfortunately, I feel like they maybe should have put more Clapham queens <laughs> well, in there. Oh, yeah. So it's not really a fair fight. Yeah, seems a bit unfair seeing as like 50% of them are from East London. Well, so that's the final girl in. So now, Madame RuPaul Charles comes oh, in. The light that they use on <laughs> RuPaul. That just central <laughs> beam. Fantastic. I've written... Rue, a vision in tomato, looking <laughs> like she works at Butlins. <laughs> yeah, very that, very giving you red coat glam. Um, I want to go on record right now and say that I cannot believe that as we're ed- entering a second season, give the girls a fucking prize. Like, how can you, these girls are spending, like, they are taking out small equity loans in order to give the fantasy, like, do you, like, does, I don't know whether RuPaul remembers, but. Do you remember how much a fucking wig is? Do you remember how much a costume is? I like, really don't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is... Drag is not cheap. Like, take it from the queens. Drag is not cheap. And what, you can't even be bothered. Find a way to give them an actual prize. The like, joke is... like, So the prize is... Tell them the joke. You fly to Hollywood and get this lovely web series. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on this. Our lawyers will have to fact check this. Please. But if I am correct... I believe that when Vivian, the Vivian won, she had to share hers with Bagger because they did like Trump and Thatcher together. So basically, Bagger didn't win and she still got the prize. So it's, uh, it's absolutely fucked that they don't get some kind of monetary compensation. And I think what's interesting to see as well from, um, I would say, in my personal opinion from last series, like Vivian was the clear winner. Like, I think that it was, everyone is in agreement that Vivian should have won, she yeah. did win. Um, but I would argue that like, I don't think that we've seen like the development of the series one queens at all. I feel like we we need to see them being pushed. Like, and I hope that comes for season two, mm-hmm. and then maybe it will sort of trickle down a bit for season one as well. But like, if you're not receiving like a f- uh, hundred thousand pounds or whatever as a prize, which is basically just going to pay back what a fifth of the money that you spent <laughs> yeah. to be on Drag Race. So if you're not getting a monetary prize, then I think that they need to be pushing them in the way of, like, sponsorship deals and getting them on the telly. And do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we haven't seen enough of the girls. But maybe that'll come because the standard is so high in the second series. Maybe mm. Hopefully that'll come in the second series. I feel like when the last season finished, I saw kind of, like, Bagger and Vivian doing the rounds a little bit, like, on kind of um, on, like, the Big Netflix. Fat Quiz of yeah, the yeah, Year yeah. and just things like that when they need celebrities. And Cheryl had like a campaign with Virgin Atlantic or something, I think. But yeah, like... I just want it, I want it more. They are, listen, drag queens are the rock stars of our generation. Like I need, I need, I need, uh, I need bottles of wine with their face on. I need like, I need tissues. I need everything. I need everything. I need all the merch. All of it. All of the merch. Um, One thing I will say is that at least Willem Belli will be glad to see that the Brit crew 
I've been wearing shoesies. <laughs> oh, thank God. Also, give it up for the brick crew. Who's my ginger guy from the American one? I don't know. I'm not. I don't really Bryce keep... or something. <laughs> I love him. Bryce Dallas Howard. I love Brick Crew fame. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was really nice to see the Brick Crew. Welcome back. Thank, yeah, health and safety means we do have shoes for you. And then we headed straight into the mini challenge, which was the Wimbledon challenge, which was uh, absolutely fantastic. Celebrity uh, photographer Kevin McDade was doing who, the honours. Who has photographed such stars as <laughs> Rita Ora, Jesse J, and Cheryl. It's like. Cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Get no, us some international <laughs> flavour, <laughs> Jesus. Edit, edit. And I feel like, obviously, I can feel a lot of gay hate coming through the headphones some right gate, now. Some gate, I believe yeah. it's <laughs> Some gate as people are like, how dare you? How dare you start on Cheryl? Literally, I feel Cheryl Hull. <laughs> Not Cheryl Hull, never Cheryl Hull. No, no, no. I, I was going to say I can feel the anger of Cheryl Hull right now <laughs> as I dare, uh, dare besmirch the name of Cheryl. But... Um, yeah, I have two I mean, main thoughts on this mini challenge. Give me your two main thoughts, starting with the first one. The first one is, what is wrong with the Brit crew? They managed to lift <laughs> Bimini okay, but who else was it? Who is, like, literally as much as a bag of quavers soaking wet. Yeah, like. I think it was, like, Ginny and someone else. They tried to lift them up, and it was literally, like... Holding like a sack of like I don't know. I need to interject as a <laughs> as a professionally trained dancer and someone that has attempted to lift Lukey. <laughs> being lifted is a real skill and it is really, uh, really about. So you're uh, blaming the gals. A hundred percent. If you don't know, if you're not a performer, if you're not a dancer, if you're not someone that's been lifted, people, your natural reaction is to go with gravity. And oh, push, Joe Black was the other one. Literally push like, your weight into the floor. Like, if you're not a dancer, actually, someone lifting you is like can be quite difficult, and it's like that is not the brick. I'm, that I'm sh I don't know whether they're dancers or what, but like you can only lift someone as good as they wanted to be lifted. It looked like, yeah, like just trying to like contain a trampoline full of jelly. Yeah, or it was something. like holding a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and my second thought was, what the fuck was the styling prompt? Like, were they told to come? Like, <gasps> this is what I wrote down as Cherry well. Cherry and Astina, both in full tennis whites. Some people like horror and kind of like in half sports gear. And then fucking Bimini's dressed as Tinkerbell. Like, <laughs> what, what is the story? From what we know from the gals um, and the sort of list that they received, like it's, it's quite vague. And I think that clearly they weren't expecting a Wimbledon runway because ain't nothing they brought was a runway, was runway shit. So that's the filler shit. And I think that they were probably like tennis wear. Do you know what I mean? Like just as 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 a filler outfit, tennis wear or something. Mm. But yeah, or like even like workout gear. I don't know, like something tennis slash workout. They all had skirts, but then like Ahura was wearing like a pink leotard. Yeah, so I wonder whether it was like more akin to like workout or mm. whatever. And then they get, they had like loads of tennis skirts or something. And then Pimini, Pimini, Bimini's just like fuck you, I'm a fairy. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, in big letters, I've written taste <laughs> 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 always i think that's going to be a running theme on this mm. podcast um just came out just uh, absolutely gorgeous uh, yeah I, I don't want to just keep on harping she's a very talented queen just don't to keep on harping on about how gorgeous she is but you're just gonna have to deal with it baby uh, she was born that way so we can't truly. shout it out too much and how much can you applaud people no, for their natural no absolutely not talent. we've seen her in the we've seen her <laughs> in the confessionals gorgeous man but very she doesn't look like no uh, she does not she doesn't look like uh, Tace in her confessionals, so there's such a transformation. Um, loved, loved that Bimini came in them pleasers. Like there ain't nothing that says Wimbledon like a <laughs> eight-inch stripper heel clacking away. Um, 
Every time that Cherry Valentine laughs, it runs through my body <laughs> like a like a sweet oral orgasm. I love her. I know. Honestly, absolutely time. Just the amount that she laughed in that episode in that mini challenge just really Really, I was very into also into Estina's tennis whites. So crisp, so gorgeous on so that. So lovely. The yeah. body, like, can we talk? I, I would like to every single week point out a different part of her body that I'm obsessed with. Like, I think it's thighs this week. The thighs. We'll the, bring that up. The thighs on the prize. Bring it like, to the runway. Just honestly, that body is truly carved by Jesus himself. Like Satan abs, himself. <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, what I didn't appreciate, though, is that when Veronica was shooting the mini challenge, that shady lift music that they gave her, you know, they do like the... Just like, basically, I feel like that's going to be a running theme that just like anything she does, they're like, oh, she ain't got nothing between the ears, has she? Oh, bless her. <laughs> I yeah, as I, I said, her. I've got a real soft spot for her. I just feel like she's the underdog and I, she needs to be protected at all costs. Oh, absolutely. I just, I, I, I feel exactly the same. I just think Good. she's... She's just such a sweet little cutie. Um, for me, Lawrence, question mark? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been not my winner. Um, because, like, if you think about, like, say, like, the other challenges, like Matthew shooting them underwater and stuff, yeah. it's yeah. not, like, who's got the funniest picture of them, like, struggling to breathe underwater. It's, like, who looks like a fucking model underwater. Yeah, it's a so photo shoot, so you want, like, the actual image to be strong. Yeah, like... Like not they one of the shows of her is her kind of like like kind of grimacing or like flinching away Being from wacky. the balls. Yeah. So which the the like the same as like the girls not being able to like hold their eyes open underwater. So it just seems a bit weird to me. Yeah. I did think Tace had the best picture, but I just can't tell if I've got a real opinion or if I'm just biased anymore. Whether it's just that pure <laughs> sexual energy that you feel. If you're gonna drop into a squat and split your legs with a tennis racket in between them, I'm gonna be into it. I'm going to be listening all this. <laughs> um, please, please, Cliffhangers viewers, do not sleep on Astina Mandela standing in ballet third whilst listening to RuPaul talk. Like, notice it, like, every time. That bitch is trained. She is giving you dance training. What's like, ballet third? Like, it's like, one and a half? It's like Abby Lee Miller herself was watching and she was trying to get onto the top of that pyramid. Ballet third is when you stand, like, you know, like, first... Third is when you take your yeah. right or left foot into the position of sure, the toe. Sure, sure. She was just standing there in like a gorgeous little like little pageant angel. Very into it. Very Page age. Page age. Very well trained. <laughs> um, and I just cannot get over RuPaul just constantly like anytime it's like bangers and mash. It's like what? Like what? <laughs> we get it. We are a joke to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are British. We understand why. You, please stop shouting at us. Um. So yeah. So then. After they match Lawrence is the winner, Rue mentions that it is the been 50 years anniversary of the Gay Liberation Front in the UK, which was formed as an international activist movement for the liberation of queer people yes. after the Stonewall riots the year before. <sighs> That's a big sentence. Um, and then in that vein, yeah. she says That's that familiar. the first runway is going to be British gay icons. Oh, this is what I love about UK Drag Race, that um, obviously... Through, like, American Drag Race, we talk so much about, like, how vital things have been, like, uh, things like Stonewall have been for, like, the queer liberation movement and stuff. But, like, it's, I don't, I hope RuPaul knows how important it is for, like, people, like, straight people. Are, like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> straight people that are watching and for, like, young, for, like, queer youth and stuff to be putting on BBC, like, British gay icons. I wish it had been called Queer Icons. But same, same, same. That was, I have actually written that down. Yeah. 
because it's not all about the men, but, always. But, as you will see in the choices, it, it, it never has been all about the men in it. No. So. But just a kind of a bit of a bugbear of mine that the word gay also... Gay! Gay! Covers kind of... is People use gay as what they should use queer for. Yeah, 100%. But also as me... Sis head in the corner. Uh, Not going to talk about it too much. <laughs> and um, just before Rue announces that the second category is cream of your hometown, did you notice we be groundbreaking? Well, actually, they've done it in season 13 as well. But Rue now says, racers, start your engine and may the best drag queen win. Because? Trans people and because... Because non-binary folk literally <laughs> like grow up, <clears throat> look at the actual what's happening. In this. We just need to say as well, just an, an addendum. Uh, although we are huge fans of Drag Race, we are 100% fans of drag first. And growing growing up uh, in the East London drag scene, like it, the, Drag Race does not um, at all really mimic what we see in the drag scene. And we... As I'm sitting here now in front of a legend icon star that is a female drag queen um, and many of the drag performers that we know and love in uh, London and across the world. Shout out Georgie B, fancy shoes. Oh, <laughs> the fanciest. Um, our female drag queens are we ha uh, trans, are non-binary, and that is the sort of drag that we'd like to see reflected in Drag Race. Um, so it is a step, but I don't really feel like we should be celebrating literally just the <laughs> bare minimum. <laughs> oh, I think any step in the right direction is a good step. And also, just on that note as well, um, Ginny Lemon is actually non-binary. Um, I believe actually maybe Bimini is. But, uh, yeah, so we don't want to misgender anyone or anything, but the fact that they are um, in drag presenting, presenting yeah. yeah presenting as women presenting. especially with a name like Ginny, Ginny Lemon calling herself the Harris Women Drag we're going to refer to her in drag as a she yeah, um, sure. same as as all of them I really felt like uh, in this workroom that uh, Cherry Valentine is going to be giving us the narration she just seems like straight straight from the jump she just seems like she's really giving us that, that narrator edit she's just like she's there she's commenting on everyone and she's she's letting us know what's going on in the workroom I felt like that was a very very cute my first thought is fucking damn Daniel back at it again with Tia being shady what did she say well she was like um, to Veronica, oh look, you've gone from Kylie to Jason Donovan, and then um, Veronica like covered up her receding hairline. So I was very confused because yeah, Jason is a little bit receding, but I don't think of him as like known to be bald or like known to have bad hair. And secondly, um, aren't they all going from Kylie to Jason? Like, isn't that the whole point of <laughs> yeah. them de-dragging? I don't understand why... One of the best things about drag is the transformation, is feeling like... I can feel like an absolute shit pig before, but, like, mm. as, as long as you feel the fantasy afterwards, it's like... Um, yeah, it's like... It's, like, it's the art of transformation. Well, and that's another thing I was going to say when I mentioned earlier that maybe Lawrence... I thought it was very sad and very relatable yeah. that... Like, he didn't want to take his makeup off or they didn't want to take their makeup off because, like, like obviously, everyone feels gorgeous when they're in drag. And, like, I so get... Not everyone. That is not everyone's... Okay. Not everyone. Narrative Gia. That is not my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, well, speaking for myself then, like, I 100% get that. Like, 
when I'm like all up in the gauge that I feel like absolutely gorgeous and then like sometimes it's just like it is just a bit depressing to take it off and just be like oh I'm just me again and um yeah Can't I just thought it was really sad to like see Lawrence say that but I just hope that the kind of like sisterhood and stuff will help them get through this I'm I saying them because this is uh, a drag queen with a male name sure sure <laughs> sure, sure. I, I thought that hit hard really and this is another thing this is why Drag Race UK is so brilliant because because they do ease up on the, the comp I think maybe it's something to do with not having a, a a money prize mm. like they can ease up on the on the competitive aspect of it a bit but just like from the from the jump like there is sisterhood do you mm. know what i mean like straight away people were like i get it like that is fucking relatable content like sometimes you come out of this fantasy where people are like look at her like absolutely gorgeous being mm. and then you take it off and you're like okay well like oh and back to little old me yeah again. yeah 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 and especially as well like because drag is so performative and you're like literally put, you are putting on an entire new skin hair teeth nails like everything like that sometimes when you strip it back like that's that's your reality that's your like that is so normative so like it just doesn't feel glam in the way that mm. you get to be through drag or something so i just thought that what was so nice is that there were so many different times in this episode where they just really showed that like drag is about sisterhood and i keep i want to not say um when we say sisterhood that is not cis like si <laughs> like that is that is the global queer family that every queer person belongs to not for sure not and uh, yeah i think a really good example of that is like um yeah think of when gia and trinity both wanted to be um caitlin jenner and it was like a whole beef and this when you see it's like oh like two people that want to be naomi campbell and it actually becomes a talking point for like the whole nation like so much i've seen so much stuff like on the bbc like since this and stuff like it is a fucking it's crazy that there aren't more like UK black gay icons. Oh my god, a hundred percent. And the fact that this was turned into like a discussion that then became like a talking point that became like really positive is just so cute for us rather than it just being fucking bitchy beef as usual. And that's again another point about like British drag race that makes it the the jewel in the the jewel in the drag race crown is that like that could have been a real moment for to pit two queens against each other. Mm. But that was just like a moment where they both came together and like, they are two, they are both absolutely fucking gorgeous. It's not like one of them was like, oh my God, like I'm going to be really embarrassed to be in front of the other, like pretending, like trying to be a supermodel. It's like, no, they're they both, both fucking represented Naomi like in an amazing they way. Are, yeah, 100%. They are both just like absolutely beautiful, like be both two beautiful black men that were just like, we're going to represent our queen in like a way that we feel that is so central to like what we've built our drag on. And it was just like a really gorgeous moment that was about like, like you said, like commenting on the lack of like black gay representation that they grew up with. And then to then turn it into, I, I think it was Astina that was like, do you know what? Like, hopefully we'll get to be them people. And then, yeah. and then taste being like, if I could just be, and I was like, bitch, you are already exactly. that person. Like to so, so many people just from this first episode, like uh, that I thought that was such a nice moment of the show. And as a sidebar, sidebar. if anyone is listening to this, Go and follow UK Black Pride on Instagram and Twitter. That's their handle on both of them. Although, I it is a shame that our fantastic taste was not the Honourable Dame Shirley Bassey. <laughs> I saw so much of that Twitter. People like <laughs> up in arms being like, come on, you should have been Shirley Bassey. But listen, if that, I... Because that would have been a look. But she's not a gay icon. What? I, Shirley Bassey? Uh, you better... 
you better back the fuck I up. I refuse. Check up from the neck up. No, what I mean by that is like Shirley Bassey is a diva. She is that bitch. But she, she for me exists in an upper echelon of she. I see see black gay icons as like the people that inspired you as you were growing up, and she wasn't present as I was growing up. Do you know what I mean? So like, I feel like you can you can so clearly tell by Tasty's aesthetic that she has informed her drag persona, and mm-hmm. I thought that's what it was about. More people that have inspired you as like a young person, a young queer person growing up, and mm-hmm. I feel like Shirley Bassey is like maybe just a bit outside of that. I don't know. But I, d- I did see a lot of that on... Um, on the tweets. A lot of that on the tweets. Um, I thought it was super cute about a horror fangirling on Joe Black because, like... Oh, my God, I love it when they, like, know each other from outside and they're like, oh, my God, you're, like, you've been such a huge... Because yeah. I think it is, a like... Obviously, I yeah, I've been out of the burly cabaret scene for a good while now, but, like... And you, chose to, you chose to get your boobs done after you left that scene. I know, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you could get a lot more swang on those long dangles. <laughs> <laughs> on the pendulums. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I thought it was like such a big deal that Joe Black was in there because it is like, I guess, yeah, it is a bit more of the vaudeville jinx monsoon side, but like there's rarely any of that shown in Drag Race and we haven't seen any of it in UK Drag Race yet. And he's like such a like well-known yeah, figurehead of the presence. scene yeah so not, not just in drag but in cabaret and that's like mm. he's like really straddling so many sort of different like performance uh performance spheres yeah so mm. that yeah, it was super cute to see a horror um yeah i love that but also she's uh, a girl's girl you hit that you hit that shade rattle because oh, I, I think a uh, horror is in her young 20s and for her to for a horror to have been going to the shows when she was a young Why is me shade uh, not before working? she started drag the muffs ain't muffin, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not added up, I'm sorry. Also, in one of my notes, I've got Bimini, Mel C, question mark, just because she was hitting that... The fuck? Luxe, <laughs> that luxe sportswear in her boy, in her boy drag. Um, and I just, I just am obsessed with it. Um, but we're going to take a short commercial break now. Um, and then after that, we're going to be heading on to the, f- the runway to talk about the looks. Um, so let's take it over to our sponsors. Alright there, mate. You look like you could do with some help on your barnet. You should come on down to Truffle Pig Wigs. We got long wigs, short wigs, straight wigs, curly wigs, big wigs, small wigs, anything you want wigs. That's right. Go to trufflepigwigs.co.uk and use code CLIFFHANGERS. That's CLIFFHANGERS for 15% off your next order. We here at Truffle Pigs and Cliffhangers uh, really just want to boost the importance of a queer family and what that means to queer people in London and in the world. And we are turning our sights this week to our beloved queer pleasure palace, Dawson Superstore. Now, they need your help. They have started a Patreon. So they're going to need you to head over to their Instagram Um, so that you can join their Patreon and give them a boost, give them the support that they need. It starts for as low as £5 a month, and that's to help support an independently run queer venue during the COVID crisis. Um, You will also get your name on the Dawson Superstore website, Hall of Fame. Now, 
There is different sort of levels. There's the mimosa, the porn star martini, the prosecco, going anywhere from five pounds to I believe it's a hundred pounds, um, and you will get a shout out on that wall of fame. Now we all know how important it can be to keep uh, the energy of queer venues alive. So please head over to at D Superstore. That's their Instagram at D Superstore for Dawson Superstore's Instagram and go check out their Patreon and go help queer venues in East London alive. Welcome back, babies and babies. This is Cliffhangers with Truffle Pig Wigs. So our first introduction to RuPaul. Um, can we talk about these rainbow plates? Absolutely. Oh, it's stunning. I wasn't uh, featuring it. You weren't featuring <laughs> it. <laughs> no. You know what? As, a, as an upwardly mobile queer male... I uh, I just, anything rainbow, I'm like, wear it to pride. I don't give a fuck. Like, you could literally be in, like, a rainbow smock, and I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking here for it's it. It's a bit on uh, Don oh, Lene. A bit Don Lene for you. Oui. Oh, please. Um, sorry, if you could just stop wearing rainbow stuff, because it makes the straight people feel uncomfortable. As usual, Michelle looks absolutely fucking gorgeous. I doubt this is... Uh, his vintage touch doing her hair since it's in England, but it still looked absolutely beautiful. I thought she just honestly she ages like a fine merlot. Think like, of her back in the day with those just like oh my god the titties those, like, sitting up by her ears and, and just like those like ridiculous the like plaque necklaces. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, like, dumb tops. We get it. You've been near gay people. Stop Michelle. stealing my drag name. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I feel so. Um, but yeah, she just looks absent. That was like my first note. Just like fucking stunning. Especially, sorry, this is different, but in season 13 with that fucking grey streak. Sensacional. Mm. Um, love to see Graham. Last always, year, always. I was a, a literal gay icon. Yeah. Uh, and did you know that Graham Norton's ex-boyfriend is who? Who? Tina Burner. He dated Tina Burner. Really? Yeah, the hot, hot goss. Tina Burner, they're, they dated for quite a long time. Really? Uh, yeah, I know, very weird. As I live and breathe, Elizabeth Hurley, can you believe? Oh, I judge. I didn't know she was going to be so funny. It's, so funny. It's like she had put in uh, Rue's earpiece by mistake because she was coming <laughs> with all the fucking one-liners. Rue ain't saying shit. Yeah. Especially 10 points for, do I make you horny, baby? To to self-reference and, yeah. and she's honestly so meta and the fact that she was like um, well we'll get to that but like standing up for Bimini and stuff like you're being too harsh I just absolutely loved her aging gracefully obviously she's got a bit of the bow but not too much that she no, looks like a psycho not. just like absolutely what a British icon yeah, very very well placed work on her face absolutely gorgeous and also if I could all uh, ask you to move over to Instagram follow not only Liz Hurley but also follow the her absolutely gorgeous son, who we are obsessed with. <laughs> oh my god! No wonder she's so into drag because that the face on that girl, gorgeous. Um, and uh, just an important moment to point out that although Liz Hurley is absolutely gorgeous, she is a Tory. Wow. Um, so, what we're going to do for the runway, we are going to be awarding truffles out of ten. So that's obviously one truffle if. If the outfit ain't really hitting for us, but 10 truffles, if for some giant leap of mankind, it is really ticking all of our boxes. Just because we're truffle pigwigs, just in case you've forgotten. So for this runway, they have been asked to show two looks. They have been asked to show a British gay icon 
and also their hometown look. Now, before we head into the runway, Luke, I want to ask you, what would be your British gay icon? Um, I have thought a lot about this. <laughs> and I think I will have to end up on an amalgamation of all five members of Steps. <laughs> okay, okay. I just love them. It'd be cute to maybe like divide my body into five vertical sections and do each section a different member in one, a different video. If you could only pick one Steps member, though, who would you be? And why is it Fatoza? Because uh, of the dreads. You know it's the dreads. <laughs> <laughs> remember that actually, actually Fatoza follows us on Instagram. So. She does. She does. Uh, um, yeah. And what about you, Barney? As mentioned before with Lukey, like they said UK gay icons, which I think actually is like kind of a bit gross to say. Um, and I wish there had been queer icons because that just opens up. It just completely opens up the perspective of like who they're talking about. But I feel like maybe the two queer icons, unfortunately, who are both gay white men, <laughs> for me, um, that I think of immediately are... George Michael and Boy George. Oh, George! I didn't even think of uh, Astopalopalopoulos. Again, I'm here for I'm I'm here for the drags. Like, obviously, Boy George is in full high whore drag at all times. Oh, I'd love to see you in like a real like 2000s like wrap around clear shaved shaved <laughs> head George like <laughs> crashing into fucking Specsavers. Yes. <laughs> was it Snappy Snap? Oh, Snappy Snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Something alliterational. Rest, rest in peace, our angel. Honestly, I'd give you blonde updo. I'd give you black sunglasses. I'd give you a bottle of Stolly and a cigarette and I'd give you the most fantastic <laughs> Patsy that you'd ever seen because if that ain't a gay icon, then I then I ain't a faggotini. I can't tell you nothing. <laughs> Let me ask, what would be your hometown look? We are both London girls. What would be... What would you be From my about? hometown! Okay, well, my first, first, first thing is because I'm a Grove gal. That's Labrick Grove if you don't know. So if you're not aware, we have the Notting Hill Carnival there every year, which is a <laughs> celebration of West Indian culture. But as a white woman, that may be a un poco appropriativo. So then my second idea was some kind of fucking fuck the establishment Guy Fawkes fantasy and like big hat, big it, coat, boots up to my fucking puss. And then maybe some kind of like, um, you know, like the Paris Hilton teeny tiny dress. Imagine that with kind of like LEDs of like fireworks on them or something. <laughs> like pyro coming out of me. Yeah, I want to be like Guy Fawkes burning down the Houses of Parliament. Fuck you, Boris fantasy. For my hometown look, I would definitely go like straight up 80s Camden punk. I'd want to be giving you sort of Susie Sue. I'd want to be giving you the slits, um, like just like down the lock. The only thing, when I was thinking about this, though, is I was like, hmm, costume me, but whatever, fuck them. Uh, as we have seen, that uh, these Americans really will tell you about what British culture is, so <laughs> as that is uh, to be seen. Um, so let's start with the first one, and the first one on the runway giving you gay icon is Joe Black. And he's giving you Monsieur David Bowie, R.I.P. How did you feel about this? I am, I'm not like a Bowie stan, like mm. most people seem to be. Um, I thought the face was gorge. Yeah, I really enjoyed the colour of the hair, the colour of the suit, the contrast of them together. But I was not featuring the maxi skirt suit. And I agreed that it's... The colours are Bowie palette, but it's not, like, instant Bowie. The thing is, like, to anyone, to literally anyone, I don't know whether 
it was Michelle that really went hard on this critique. Like to anyone that literally knows anything about Bowie, that is like such a. Fu- this is why Twitter went fucking mental afterwards. Like that is such a clear Bowie reference. That's like yeah, but they're like that's like he didn't have finger waves, so did he? Like, I know, but that's like, like it's so orange hair and a blue suit. But like that's the uh, extent of the. That's what we were talking about earlier. Like she was seeing the runway through the guise of Joe Black. She was giving you floor length because she wasn't going to come in in a suit because that's not her fantasy. Yeah. Like. And so for me, like watching that, I was like, this is mental. Like, how are you going to stand in front of someone and say that doesn't read Bowie? Like, like what does he need to do? Put a fucking gold s- circle on his forehead. Like, he is giving you... We could Joe- have given you the hairstyle and then gone different with the clothes or something. I don't know. I, 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 I do understand what people are saying because it wasn't, it, it wasn't like, vulgar. It wasn't like... I am in a David Bowie It wasn't costume. impersonation. No, it wasn't impersonation. But the, then, like, where's the where's the uh, safe spot? Because then they would have been like, you're, it's costuming. Yeah. So I, that was... Um, How many I was, truffles? I, 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 gave, <laughs> I gave it six. I gave it six. I gave it six. Just because, regardless of, like, we have been, like, sort of, like, saying about how much of it was a reference to David Bowie. Actually, I wasn't that crazy about it. Just as a look. Like, I just wasn't. Yeah, I enjoyed the colour story, but that was kind of it. Okay, and next up we had Astina Mandela, and they were serving on the runway Naomi Campbell. What were your thoughts? So what I've written down is, when she turned the corner, just gorgeous, very soft, very natural, very human. Although, for her, both her and taste, like, neither of them is, like, what I think of if I think of, like... Naomi Campbell like I would have gone Vivian Westwood falling over on the giant shoes or I would have gone just like hair down to my feet legs up to my forehead and just like fucking mini dress like but just I giving you legs and hair like I guess I, I, I recognize the reference it was but it didn't scream Naomi to me it just looked like a gorgeous woman I get that but I feel like unfortunately with the choice uh, the first thing that I thought when they both said that they were going for Naomi is that Naomi does not have a Referenceable look. She's a model. She's a, a literature. Her job is to wear clothes. Yeah. So I think that even though that that was the only thing that I could have, the only one that I like really went to was the Vivian Westwood plaid. Mm. But I don't even know whether people. That's a. That's first. That's so specific that she. But it's like a cultural get, moment. But she would have had to get like to, in order to make that work. She would have had to get the shoes to make it work. No, you could have just like, you could have just got like any platform shoe, been dressed in tartan and just sold yeah. the fantasy. But that is the only but then you're also saying that as someone that has like a knowledge of nineties runway moments. Like that's not I actually met her in the nineties when I was a child and she was very, very nice I met her in to the me. 2010s. Uh she uh she like that that's someone that is like actually that that's a moment for you that you understand, but I don't actually think that that's like culturally that no. Really? No, that dress from the Pia Paolo Valentino show is couture. Mm. Like that is thousands of pounds of tools. Like, so who is buying? Who can have access to that? And I thought actually it's a really fucking smart choice to a the hair back in a ponytail, very simple, very chic, very elegant, and you can really just be getting like a sort of forty inch synthetic and throwing that back. And she really embodied just like the elegance, the grace. And I gave her eight out of ten. I'd give her a seven. Okay. And then we head on to (laughs) Ginny Lemon. I just, my first note is just this mental. I wrote, great person to do. Very much enjoyed the presentation. Like, Kate Bush is a fucking 
iconic and just like that level of just like nutty could only yeah, be embodied 100%. by Ginny. Um, and I saw someone put on Twitter that it was Kate, Kate Bush via the League of Gentlemen. Ah, <laughs> <tops>. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the, but one thing I would say is that regardless of, I liked, I, I liked the concept of it, but I felt like the attention to detail in the, in the actual outfit I felt like it was, yeah, just the essence of Kate Bush. And I know you're not meant to do this, but I am probably not by choice, but just not going to hold her to such a higher standard <laughs> with the clothing because I know she's not about that. So for me, that was just like, yep, you're giving me Kate Bush. You're embodying her like spirit and I'm at peace with that. I think for me, I would just like to see like more of like an elevated version of Kate Bush. Like I know that like maybe elevation is not where Ginny Lemon has come for drag race. I don't know for. if that's where Kate Bush is coming from. No, I know, I know. But like what I don't want to see is um, I don't want to see an imitation of Kate Bush. Like if your drag aesthetic is heightened, is hyperbolic, is cartoonish, mm. then I would have quite liked to see a cartoonish version of Kate Bush. And I would have liked to see like a huge teased out wig. I would have liked to see like... I don't know. I just wanted to see. I think an it's like more crazy. Yeah, yeah, like an elevated version of Kate Bush. She. Did all right, all right, all right. Emily Truffles. I went five. Oh God, I give her another. I give her a cheeky six. I think I'm voting very modestly so far. Tea or coffee? Alan Turing. The first thing that I th thought with Tia Coffee when she said that she was doing Alan Turing, even though it is a very strange choice for a queen on the main stage, um, I thought that I was so glad that for. For the young girls that might be joining us uh, for Drag Race, it's it's a real chance to spotlight like a queer icon. I gave Tia Coffee for the ill-fitting suit and wig. I gave them a six. <laughs> well, my notes were, I got what she did, just not really into the ensembles, a bit on the nose with like the rainbow binary code in a man I suit. I thought that's a pride outfit that's been recycled. I think it would have been, even just to add, like, a 40s element or just, like, just something else just to make it not just you in a rainbow wig and a rainbow suit. Rainbow wig and a rainbow suit? I don't think. I don't think. Um, yeah, just sort of a bit on the nose, but, like, shout out to, like, just going beyond the fluff of gay icons. Next to the stage we have Her Royal Highness Bimini Bamboolash. And representing HRH Princess Julia. Ah! Oh my God, can I just say, I actually screamed out loud because like, where, listen, if you're maybe from outside of East London, maybe Clapham perhaps, <laughs> um, like there are certain people within history that are literal gay icons and to be immortalised on a hetero BBC stage like that, that someone like Princess Julia, the big PJ, like she deserves it. And I screamed and I, mm. I just, it was just, oh my God, I was so happy. Oh, and we know that she's good friends with Bimini. And I just think it's like the the sweetest, like heartfelt dedication to your friend and like Who is a literal hero. Gay icon as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I think the whole thing is just so adorable. And it's like, it like really warmed my heart for both of them. I thought it was so sweet. And 100%. I thought she looked absolutely sick. Another weekday wigs for a second. I uh, thought it was one of ours. And I was like, oh wig, no. Yeah. <laughs> that wig, as soon as I saw it, I was like, damn, bitch. Yes, like, bitch. And I need to know as well. In fact, maybe, maybe this is something that we message right now. I need to know, was she wearing Archive Westwood, do we think? No, she uh, sourced, I saw on her Instagram, she sourced the fabric herself and she almost didn't do it because she couldn't, I think she couldn't get the right 
the right tartan or she ordered it and then they ran yeah, out yeah, or something yeah. oh, and then she was like oh maybe i should have done something else but fuck it i love this look so i just did the best i could but that sort of the, the draping of it like it just i just thought she looked fan fucking tastic and it was again it didn't feel costumey she looked she just looked like she looked like a gay icon she looked like i just wrote she looked fucking sexy and she at more and than when anything, liz was like i think her very cool. I find her I find her very sexy. It was like, why are you surprised? Isn't this it? is Bimini. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for that I gave six truffles out of ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give like a Sevs maybe. Sevs, okay, okay, okay. Yes, um, and then we're heading on to it's our girl. It's the Jerry, Jerry, uh, Jerry, 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 Jerry. So I feel that like was I I thought it was very clever. I thought that maybe Freddie Mercury might be someone that people. Um, that might be an, might be a bit overdone. He's like obviously one of the biggest mm. um, like queer icons ever. But I thought that they to do the gender bending Freddie Mercury. I just thought I just thought it was clever. Just all the whole the whole. Um, <laughs> um, I just thought the whole uh, execution of it was was fantastic. Apart from, can I tell you? Cherry Valentine's in a saboteur. Go on. That white bit of elastic around her waist in the shorts. Oh, I didn't even clock. Oh my god. It, yeah, so her like her shorts or dress or whatever that was had like an elasticated waistband and it had a cord in it. No. And I thought, Cherry Valentine, take out! Take out! Because me and neither me and Barney are queen fans or stands in any way, really. So I, I kind am, of sorry, but please don't speak for me. I am a Freddie Mercury fan though. I didn't say you weren't. I said we're not Queen fans, so I please know. don't interrupt I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my notes for this, I thought we would be maybe opposing, but I just literally wrote perfect, classic, well done, face beat. Uh, can I say, I don't want that, I don't want the vagina to froth too much, but... It's frothing. You can't <laughs> stop the froth. Can't <laughs> stop the froth. But have you noticed how much, yeah, how much Cherry Valentine is giving Miss Cracker? No. Oh my god. Now that you've now that I've said it and you will see it, it's mental. Even in drag, that like the angles of her face, like at some points it could be Miss Cracker. Really? I'm in anything I'm getting Raven just from that that Raven! The fucking cheeks on the bitch. Oh, I just thought and do you know what? One of my first things that I wrote was enigmatic. Wow. She's like she and also do you know what I love about her? Um she not only is she a girl's girl, she's a drag fan. She is, you can tell straight up that like not only from her references and also the way that she interacts with the other girls, she is a fan of drag. I just fucking love her. I want to be friends with her. I haven't had a Darlington friend yet. What, I feel like the I accent beg. would look good in me crew. Okay, let's head on to Veronica Green, who took on Boy George. So yeah, literally at this point, I was like, is no one gonna do boy fucking George? And then she came out, and then I was like, do you know what? That's a really, 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 really good fancy dress of Boy George. But yeah. I think for Drag Race main stage, I'd like to see a feminized fantasy of it rather I mean, than just would, a straight-up Boy George. Yeah. I, I wish it was more than... I, yeah, I wish it was a drag Oh, sorry, version. hang on one second. Cherry Valentine, how many truffles out of ten? Ah! Uh, like eight. I went seven. Okay. Seven. Sorry, are you just making these up on the fly? Yeah. Did you not write it down? Oh, I've given. Oh, I've written it down. Some of us have done our homework, bitch. Please, I've read nine pages of notes. Don't test me. <laughs> <laughs> Boy George, I thought. Uh, do you know what? I actually thought. Uh, I get your point about the fancy dress, but I think actually the fashion was quite great on it. I think that. Yeah, it was like a spot-on yeah, impersonation. In terms, the, in terms of the detail of um, that sort of like. Not even early romantics, but that sort of like early iteration. That was such a unique look mm. at the time. Do you really want to like, hurt me? Yeah, and I think that actually, like she, 
she really, although one thing I would say is that. Oh, go on, I dare you. It did kind of blur the boundaries of different sort of like eras of George, but that's really none of my none of my business. Um, I thought it was a good, but I, do you know what, watching, this is why I changed who I would do afterwards, watching Veronica Green do Boy George and do what I thought was a detailed and nuanced approach, then I was like, do you know what, actually, Boy George is, I don't, I wouldn't want to do Boy George because I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to get that reaction of that it's just like not hitting how I'd want it to. Um, and I don't know how we're ever going to find out if they're telling the truth about the shoes or not. But also, my main point was, wear more makeup. <laughs> like, I, th- I really thought the beat was very pared down for yeah. what would be a boy George. Like, boy George but that's what I mean. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like a boy, a boy dressing up. Yeah. Like, let's see a girl. Yeah. So um, I went for five truffles for that. Uh, I give her a, like a 6.5 because wow, like the okay. attention to detail was there, but there just wasn't the um, glamour slash sex appeal for me. Okay. Then we head on to the high whore herself. It's a horror. Now, Horror went for Vivian Westwood, which I thought was a inspired... Inspired! Inspired... Formidable! Intelligent and just fucking great choice. Now, if you're someone who... um, I believe that when she entered, she said that she is a fashion queen from the London scene. Um, Actually, she said from the northern scene, but I feel like her usual tagline is from the London scene, but maybe because she'd said that she was a northern queen that she had to go with that. But I feel like if you're going to say that you're a fashion girl, like your reference like oh, she so clearly does not need to swing her bollocks around about being a fashion queen like <gasps> you can wow see. really calling her out for having bollocks <laughs> I, I believe I believe I believe she's got a hefty set there, <laughs> I don't really think many people can come with her, come for her to, to be honest about the fashion references um, so I'm really glad that she picked someone that was an iconic fashion figure and for me personally there is no more iconic fashion there is designer. no other yeah, yeah i just wrote that like yeah she fucking she just did this justice um i saw on the insta comments that someone was trying to come for her being like vivian would never wear that makeup and then a horror was literally like why don't you check out the this year show of this season and tell me nothing so it's like you can't tell her shit like she's done it for a reason because she knows what the fuck she's talking about like, as if you'd come for her in any way. Like, yeah, she absolutely killed the fucking Vivian Westwood. That is, that is literally so fucking dumb. First of all, like, now Isamaya French works with Westwood and all of the beauty looks that she gives her are, like, the classic sort of, like, Isamaya, like, out of the box. Like, it's not like it's not like Westwood is ever, ever serving smoky influencer soft glam. Like, no, no, but they were saying, like, for actual Vivian rather than the models... And then she was saying, how dare you, Vivian literally came out at the end was, of this show like this. I so was fuck literally going to say, like, she has literally worn, like, David Hoyle artwork, like, on her face. Like, the one takeaway that I would say from any Westwood show is that they use experimental makeup, which is why they're now working with Isamaya. Like, mm. that's such weak dick comment. Donut come for me. Exactly. Speak to kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> when I looked at her as a vision, because she was a fucking vision. There was so long, so tall. So many elements of what builds the, Viv- the Westwood brand. This is an intelligent queen that understands fashion. And so... Yeah, literally just like one sentence, smashed it. Yeah. Although Vivian Westwood and babysat my friend Sandy a couple of times and she said she was a fucking bitch, so... Of course, who's Fuck like that bitch! <laughs> who likes their fucking babysitter? Come on. And I gave a horror. I gave her nine truffles out of ten. Yeah, I'd probably give her a nine. Okay, now we move on to... Sister! Sister! I thought I've spent my whole life thinking Dusty Springfield was American. 
I didn't, I didn't know she was a UK icon. And I feel godsmacked by that. I've been listening to Dusty all the today, actually, because she's been in my head. And I'm so glad she's Did you feel English. like you just don't know what to do with yourself? Um, and then my second thing, I saw on Sister, Sister's Instagram that Dusty uh, refused to play for segregated audiences. She refused to play for segregated audiences. That is yeah. fucking fantastic. Sick. Congrats. Yes. Congrats, Dusty. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> You're welcome, Dusty. And that was in the 60s when I imagined that a lot of your co-performers were still a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I just thought that, like, first of all, that's obviously, like, such an elevated, dragged-up version of her hair. Like, she looked sensational. Absolutely fucking, fucking beautiful. Like, I wouldn't say she's, like, painting to look like her. There's no sort of, like, Alexis Stone transformation. Yeah, no, like, illusion. Yeah, but... I just thought that she looked absolutely fantastic. And uh, it, I just knew that going down the route of being like a, of hitting some realism for the gals just probably wasn't going to hit that. I think I'm crushing a bit hard on Sister Sister, to oh, be please, honest. Oh, crush away. I think <laughs> I, 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 how many shuffles was Sister Sister? Seven. I gave seven too. Okay, let's head on to Ellie Damon. Ellie Damon. Now, I've always said that if I ever apply for Drag Race, that Lily Savage would probably be my... Um, snatch. My, my snatch. El Snatchio. Um, just because, obviously, a literal <laughs> one of the greatest gay icons ever. Um, and how did you feel about her, Lily Savage? Well, I feel like, literally, Michelle hit it on the nose. It's like, Lily Savage fucking wishes, like... <laughs> it's not her fault that she's so gorgeous, but like Lily is a hard faced, tacky dress bitch. Like, yeah, I'd like agreed. to see a lot of a trashier outfit, like pussy pelmet skirt, 97% harder face. Yeah. But again, like, it's not Ellie Diamond's fault that she paints like a fucking goddess. That's what I was going to say. And it's such like, a great choice. One thing that I absolutely fucking love is when you see a gorgeous gal, gorgeous queen paint gross. And yeah. I really think that this was her choice. It's like, like remember the Vivian did the Queen in that first oh! episode. And it was just like, oh, bitch, you don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, like, actually, when she came out, like, the it was the gasp heard around the world. Yeah. Like, don't make me say strawberry shortcake, cutie pie, <laughs> angel goddess again. <laughs> but I would have loved it if that she'd taken this chance to really, like, weather her face and yeah. just give you, like, Lily Savage battered drag. That That's fucking hard face. Bitch. They're marionette lines, <laughs> like literally, like that nose. I would have loved for her to go into to a tiny, uh, like satin pink mini skirt, ratty with old a, fishnets. Yeah, like I would. I want to see Lily Savage via the medium of Cat Slater. Like, yeah, literally, want, like, it's down the working men's club. Yeah, like piled into a little dress. Yeah. Like, and I would just... Do we need to do a Lily Savage fantasy? <laughs> I, think I, think so. I think maybe we'll start doing a Lily Savage <laughs> podcast. We're clearly obsessed. Um, but yeah, I would have loved I would have loved for her it to just been a bit more a bit more gross. Yeah. Like, it just felt too polished. Yeah. For me personally. But I did give her a seven and I am a obviously a lifelong. I'll give her a seven as well. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Okay, we move on to Taste the Rainbow. Taste the Rainbow. Okay, now I feel like we might have slightly contrasting uh, opinions on this. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. All right, go on then. I I have a stinking suspicion that you didn't go crazy for it. I didn't go crazy for it. Um, I thought, as much as I'm obsessed with Tace, I thought she just literally looked like Tace stomping down the runway in a 
50-inch wig. But at what point did they ask for an illusion of the person? I don't know, but just, like, still, like, even, like, the outfit she wore didn't scream Naomi to me. I just wish that someone had, like, brought a fucking toy phone and just dashed it at RuPaul's yeah, yeah, yeah. face. Although I'm glad they didn't because they both they made a joke about the phone on both of them. Yeah, but that's probably... Someone. If they had the phone, they wouldn't have yeah, made yeah, the yeah. joke. But yeah, like, obviously, like, can't fault the bitch. She looked gorgeous. The outfit was right. But to me, it and just... it wasn't. was right. That's what, that's, that was my main takeaway. Like, when she was coming down that runway, she was really giving you the confidence and elegance and sexiness of Naomi Campbell. I just saw taste, to be honest. But then um, with Astina, I saw, I felt more of the Naomi vibe. Um, I really, really don't want to say anything bad about taste because I thought she looked sensational, but I just felt like it was just taste, giving me a taste runway. But here's my two pence to offer you. How much of what you see and view as taste how much of that is so close to Naomi that you can't separate it? Because that's what I felt. When I, I'm not saying she imitates Naomi at all, but what I'm saying is the elements that you have, yeah. the, the elements that you have, you associate with Naomi is also what you associate with taste. Yeah, I'm obsessed with taste, but she, I wasn't feeling Naomi from here. I was just feeling taste, and I guess that's just like. 10 points to Taste's brand for being so on point because I was just like, yeah. that's just classic Taste. I gave Taste, I gave Taste a nine. Nine truffles out of 10 for this. I just thought it was. I'll give her a 7.5. <sighs> I just Not to do with how she, if it was to do with how she looked, probably higher, but for the Naomi Campbell link, I'll give her a 7.5. But what I loved about this is that she, I don't, I don't want to see any of the queens. This is what I didn't like about uh, our sweet angel, Veronica Green. I don't want to see any of the queens dressed up as someone. That was my drag through the medium of Naomi Campbell. And yeah. That's what I sort of taste. That's why it was a nine, maybe a 9.5. Woohoo! Now, back to the runway. Queen of your hometown. Back to Miss Joe Black. Josephina Noir. Josephine. <laughs> so this is Brighton. The Brighton Pavilion, to me, looks like Aladdin's Palace of Agrabah. It's giving me very Middle Eastern, almost Indian vibes. And it's definitely white. It's yellow. The, the entire... Pa uh, Google it. I want to see a picture. The of entire pavilion is yellow. I've literally looked at it. It's, yeah, it's white. The it looks like, a, it looks like a Taj Mahal. Um, but I thought, like, when she was like, all I need now is seagulls shitting on me. I was like, oh, Joe, like... Imagine if just having like a fucking seagull on a wire with a bit of white shit on your shoulder. That would have been so bright and so won it. Also, screaming at Liz Hurley coming for him with his uh, historical accuracy. Oh my gosh, she sounds like my uncle. Like, mm, actually, that's a bit more muslin breast heaving, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there is one thing to be said about the judging panel where they just have the fucking audacity. I can't remember what she said. But she said, you're dressed more like more Elizabethan, Elizabethan with the rough, and it's actually more of a Regency period, which is like muslin dresses and heaving bosoms rather than like a high neck. <laughs> so I get what everyone's saying. Like, yeah, it was like a My wow, it was like a wow sort of showstopper shiny gold I outfit, but it wasn't Brighton. I'd like to see the more trashy seagull <laughs> shit, like arcades. Arcade crackhead side of Brighton, to be honest. Yeah. Aren't you the, ar the I arcade? I guess so. Um, my just one comment was, you're going to steam your outfit. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I ain't an so eye in that. So <laughs> It did need to steam. Um, let's head over to Miss Stina Mandela. 
So I wrote down that get the vibe, love the vibe. Obviously, even though like she she's pre-warned us that her vibe is more real girl low key, but for me, I wanna be wowed and a real girl low key isn't really wowing me. It's not like a sensation. Like I thought she looked sick and I got it, but it wasn't one of my faves. Do you know what I thought that I completely get where she's coming from, obviously. Like we we know those girls. I, li- I liked the coat. I'd like to have seen the energy of the coat brought into the rest of the outfit. So, can I just say I was absolutely obsessed with this silhouette now. That's, I, yes, I wrote congrats on the silhouette on my I mean, notes. and Veronica Green makes everything she wears, so this entire construction has been done by her. Oh, she does? Yes. Wow. And I, I believe her hair is vanity. I believe she's a... Uh, for, the Australian, for the Australian queens out there, I believe she's doing wigs by vanity. Oh, I'd love a wig by vanity. Oh, can we... Maybe one day we'll get <laughs> into a, a conversation about the mixes. <laughs> if you are a drag queen that cares about looking like Karen Walker of Will and Grace fame, then you need to get into the world of Mitzi's. But that's another conversation for another time. Sorry, continue. Um, Yeah, I just wished it was a a slight bit more conceptual and I just wish that maybe like Veronica's like gloves had like thorns on them or there were like layers to her dress that she could just a bit more... Something else, sure. A A bit bit more more rosy than just like... I didn't know that Lancashire Rose was a thing. Oh, well, it's definitely a thing. I didn't know. To create that c- sort of cloche silhouette with... Yeah, it was wild. It was like 50 like metres between the waist yeah. and the hem. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I just really thought that was like a fantastic look. Um, and I gave her seven truffles out of ten. I'll give her a seven, yeah. It was it was nice enough, but it it could have been so much cooler if she had just really like leaned into it a bit more. 100%. So our next girl is, is our baby, is Ahura. Nottinghamshire. When she said, what's so special about my hometown, me? Ah! <laughs> yes, congrats, bitch. Although I was really seeing more of a Peter Pan, but it's because there's a little hat, little green hat makes me think Pietro Pan. It was just very, very gorgeous Sierra in a little bus driver. First of all, she's always giving you, you that fucking high glam. So to see her in a little bus driver. I'd like to see myself in a bus driver, pussycat. I'd like to, I'd like to see her in a bus driver. <laughs> I just feel like she is really, like, again, I don't mean to blow any more smoke up this bitch's ass, but, like, she was really, she took a She look. charges for that, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> she took a look, she took a look and just gave it, like, a really fucking clear fashion direction. And I didn't feel like, even though it could have so easily been so costumey, like, that's, so, come on, like, she's basically in a fancy dress costume. I am not mad at a costumey costume, though. But the cut of it, everything, like, the way it was sculpted to her fine physique, like, that was, it was just, again, I'm going to have to just, every time she comes on, I'm just going to say it. It was so smartly done, and I just loved it. She was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, yeah, for me, driver, all I, I saw was Peter Pan, so I give, I give, give eight, it a bitch at eight. Eight truffles out of ten. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then we head smoothly on to Sister, Sister. Sister! Sister! Absolutely I, loved it. There's absolutely no way in hell I am that this should have been in the bottom. That was like pure, just fucking Liverpool girl living a life out hey on the girl. town. Like Michelle said she should have worn slippers. Like I could see some, like, some little pink Uggs on the bottom. But I feel like if she had worn Uggs, maybe she had got red for it, not wearing slippers. So seeing her with those like crying eyes, I thought she just looked absolutely beautiful. Like I always please, see please like beauty in the horrible. 
what really jarred me is that like clearly a Liverpool queen has such like a personal perspective on what the Liverpool girls are like, and I was just like, why is literally anyone on this panel? Going like, I get that if you're like, do you know what? Like, I didn't get it, or like, it didn't read well, or whatever. But they were like questioning her over what was a Liverpool. Like, queen. she's from Liverpool. Yeah, I was like, why are you like? It, that was for me, just like it was very eggy. Obviously, we'll get to people being eliminated, but like, it was very eggy that they were even going for that. So I went eight out of eight truffles. Out yeah, eight out of ten. Hundred percent, literally. And just like the whole narrative, the rollers, everything. Ellie Diamond, who is giving you the Dennis the Menace latex. Fantasy. Dundee in its finest. Yeah. Thoughts? My first note was Betty Page sex doll. <laughs> uh, uh, any kind of black-haired, fetish, sexy woman is 50 out of 10 for me. So I was like all over this shit. Again, remember we, got, we got the boo puss. Again, puss, but that's two also now. she made this. I did give her an 8 out of 10 because I just thought it was Yeah, great. I give her an 8.5. And then our, the final, the finale, is Ms. Tace. She came on 2D and then she turned around. And when I saw that she was hitting it with that softer beat without, like, it was so much less, um, not, like, she's not a severe painter at all, but, like, when she was hitting it with that softer beat that was, like, I think it was maybe, like, without the liquid eyeliner and, like, a heavier lash, I, look, boy or girl, <laughs> take, Fuck me, me. take me on <laughs> like... Well, yeah, so I've seen that. So um, her outfit was inspired by when the blondes did their Disney villain yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 which is, which a is really like fucking great reference. Absolutely sick for uh, And I actually sick saw for that. Taste. And did you also watch it and just be like, bang, London? <laughs> Straight away, I was like, bang. <laughs> and then the hair was um, inspired by Maleficent yeah. and also another wig chapel. Yeah. If I was going to wish anything, I would wish that perhaps the hair was in the same red as a dragon and that maybe smoke or glitter or something. <laughs> this is the perfect example of what we're talking about, <laughs> holding queens to an unfair standard. We've literally been like, congratulations. You you wore, you wore a dress. Yeah, you wore clodhoppers on the main stage and now... And now Luke is like, you are so beautiful that for the next week, I'm going to need you to bring pyrotechnics <laughs> to the stage. Like, listen, honestly, like, I just want to I just want to say, first and foremost, that I I gave taste a 10 out of 10. 10 uh, I think for both of us, that's going to be a. Mm, that's a 10. It was hitting. Every single G spot I didn't know I had. Ooh, okay, so let's move on to the judges' chit chatter. Bear in mind, we've just seen thirty-six fucking looks throughout this episode. So many looks, looks. So looks. if you can't keep up, I don't blame you because I barely can, and I've got notes. The thing that I love when I watch a queen um, on the main stage is that if they receive critique feeling like they're on a level with the judges. One thing I absolutely loved about Bimini is she didn't seem to give a shit about the critique. She was like, hi, um, babe. Hi, babe. Like, and that's, again, that's queen shit right there. Like, she don't... She just was like, needs okay, to be intimidated yeah, by Michelle and RuPaul. And it was like, I'm standing here in a fucking look. Is this a fully, fully crafted vision? And like, what? You're like, you're giving me finger waves. Come on. My uh, favourite part of the critique that is the fact that Michelle knows the term... Pum pum shorts, <laughs> which if you don't know, basically translates as pussy pussy shorts, 
And the fact that Michelle knows that is fucking wild. I absolutely loved the close-up on Lawrence Cheney's nose contour. If you didn't see that. I did not notice. The swordfish of season two. It was literally <laughs> mental. So then we head backstage to find out what the girls are feeling. Uh, and in this, in this very cute, in this very cute and short untucked moment, um, can I just first mention... Please. Crunchy, munchy, thirsty, Kirsty. Crunchy, munchy, thirsty, Kirsty. Well, yes, yeah, so Ahura said what we were all thinking, which was that Tia's entrance wigs was a little bit thirsty. But to be fair, I think Tia kind of swung it back round when she was like... Um, it's actually a cultural frizzy moment. Just <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, rabbit, oh, rabbit. When Ginny said, I think you're scared of Estina because of her talent, I was like, damn, bitch. <laughs> yeah, she was like, like well, she looks are. good and you're worried because she's pure talent. It's like, oh. Exactly, it's like, not only is she beautiful, She's also fucking talented. And how does that make you feel? What was really mental to me is that, like, Joe, I could see that, like, Joe Black just, like, did not know how to take it. And that's what's, that's what's so strange about these structures of TV is that Joe Black is a legend mm. in the UK. Hunt that, it's, hands down. That's it. Irregardless of, like, sort of celebrity visibility, we're talking, he is one, he's in the upper echelon of like UK drag queens, we're talking Jodie Harsh, we're talking like people that have been around for such a long time. No, no shade to Jodie. <laughs> you um, are young and you are gorgeous. <laughs> you are gorgeous. He has cemented himself in the Mount Rushmore of drag icons for the UK. Like I think that he obviously has so much to show on Drag Race that it was just really mind-blowing to him to get on there and to be to critiqued so hard and so unfairly at the very beginning. And I, I don't think unfairly. You don't think unfairly? No. I think that... I don't think he was showing Brighton. First of all, it's very subjective how you show Brighton com compared to the fact that the, the judges probably haven't been to any of the places that they Apart from London about. and Brighton, yeah. yeah. But the taste level and expertise, everything that they brought. Yeah, he's bringing you drag. Prime the, time drag. Uh, I don't know whether they exclusively work with Dan Chapman, but the wigs that they brought to that main stage. Let me tell you, finger waves are not easy to do. And them gorgeous, gorgeous vintage styles that Joe Black brings are not cheap, they're not easy. And I just think that Joe Black brings such a high quality of drag to the runway. Agreed. Yeah. And so I think that it just, it, it shook her. As it shook all of us, like, just look at Twitter, just look at Instagram, anything. Like, it shook literally everyone that was watching because she, people viewed her as a front runner, like, as we did. And it was, it was, it was confusing. Shocking. Um, Joe Black. Sashay away. Thank you so much. So, yeah, Joe Black is out. Bimini's in. And Astina is the top bitch of the week. How Truly. do you feel? Um, I feel really fucking good about it. I feel like, first of all, I think what's really interesting about Astina is that actually she is giving you, like, modern pop performer. 
So she's not giving you, as she walked in, like she's not giving you high glam drag. And I think that people so often want to see from their winner, they want to see someone that walks in and they are giving you visuals. And that's not what Senior is giving you. She is a fully rounded performer that is giving you dancing, singing. She's giving you beauty. She's giving you makeup. She's giving you, but like she is absolutely representative of like a fully rounded performer. So I think the first winner might not have tied in with everyone's idea of what their front runner is going to be because so many people are so married to the idea of it being very, very visual. Yeah. Because dra- they associate being a, like a very visual. And obviously that's not to take away from the fact that Estina is absolutely fucking gorgeous, but she's not giving you like super fucking painted drag. Okay, so let's talk about the season three dream car. My first dream cast clientele would be it's Starla. She is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I've tried to copy her beat many, many times. She's in Horace family house. Um, and she's just an absolute beauty and love to see it, honeys. Love to see it. What about you, Barney? Oh, and my dream cast of uh, season three is obviously Prince Chio. Oh, uh, he's a Mr. Gay England finalist 2021. Also, a Sexual Freedoms Awards uh, Performer of the <laughs> Year. Loved, I'd love to see Chio. Obviously, uh, drag kings are very needed for season three, so I'd love to see Chio on Drag Race. What was your rose and thorn of the week? Ooh! Definitely my rose was uh, Bimini doing Princess Julia. I just think that it's so incredible for her to be immortalised in the world of Drag Race as a gay icon because she fucking is. And that was just really heartwarming for me to see uh, such an incredible queer icon really uh, put out there by Bimini. That was mine. I think my rose was just like all the entrances. Like yeah. like I said before, this was the most exciting like first episode ever of Drag Race because I've heard of all the gals and it's just like it's just so exciting to see like watch them get famous and see what their future will hold for them and it's just like super cute. Absolutely. And what would be your thorn? I think my thorn would be just who RuPaul put in the bottom? I don't agree at all. Yeah, um, I just felt very bad for me gals. Um, but we shall see what happens because you never do know, do you? Truly. I think my thorn would be Cherry Valentine's Pilgrim pump that she brought onto the runway. <laughs> What's that? The Darlington clock? <laughs> the Darlington shoe. I love you too, Viva. <laughs> That shoe had to be, that that lace-up pilgrim pump. So that's everything of episode one wrapped up for Cliffhangers this week. But tune in next week for Cliffhangers to find out whether we can explain on this podcast about Ginny Lemon's mental rehearsal outfit or... If the East London versus Clapham beef is going to become physical. <laughs> okay, so we will see you next week on Cliffhangers.